Kids and Their Dog, a Scooby-Doo movie review and recap podcast. I'm your Hanna-Barbera talking animal Cassidy, and my pronouns are she and they. I'm Lava, they, them. And we are joined this month by a special guest. Please introduce yourself as you would like to be introduced. Hi, y'all. My name is T. I also use uh, she and they pronouns. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Zombie Island is my favorite Scooby-Doo movie of all time, and this one is the sequel to that. <laughs> I'm <Yes>. so sorry. <laughs> my apologies. <laughs> you have nothing to be sorry for. Okay, um, so because you are a new guest, I do have some questions for you. Let's go. Alright, let's start with, um, what's your favorite Scooby-Doo series? So, I think What's New Scooby-Doo is my favorite Scooby-Doo series for the aesthetic and the music choices, but I think Scooby-Doo Where Are You has the best monsters. So, one of those Mm -hmm. two. Have you watched Mystery Incorporated? I have watched three episodes of it total. I couldn't tell you which ones, because I watched it, like, in the background at a party. It was, like, a Halloween party last year, but uh, I've seen a little bit of it. Okay. This is not me saying that your choices are wrong. This is just me asking in general. Because I know a lot of people I know haven't actually watched it. I've heard great things, mostly from you on this podcast, but I've heard great (laughs) things. I'm the number one Mystery Inc. defender. (laughs) Um, But yeah, those are also very good. There's nothing wrong with a classic, and What's New Scooby-Doo does have very good music. Um, so what member of the gang do you relate to the most? Oh, Daphne 100%. I just want to be pretty and kind of useless. <laughs> Not that she's always kind of useless. She's just kind of useless, especially in the earlier stuff. Uh-huh. And that's mm-hmm. all I want in my life. <laughs> all right. Uh, and let's see here. What is your favorite flavor of slushy? So blue raspberry is like my go-to favorite classic flavor. Nice. Um, but now they've got those like faux alcoholic like mocktail flavors. And there are a couple of those that are really good too. Mm. Okay. Uh, so in the event of something that I need to bleep out, is there a particular Scooby-Doo character you would like me to use? Oh, this is a tough one. I thought about this a lot and I think I want to go hot dog water. Hot dog water is so good. <laughs> I love Marcy. I love that Marcy is voiced by Linda Cardellini. <laughs> Alright, uh, and my last question for you is, what is your favorite combination of pizza toppings? Uh, jalapeno and spinach, or jalapeno and onion? Interesting. Huh. I have not done jalapeno and spinach on the same one. That is... Hmm, I will have to keep that in mind. I'm all for that I went spinach on, a really... on, on pizza. Same. I went on a really big jalapeno kick for a while, and uh, now it's just my go-to pizza topping in general. Like, I'll combine it with literally anything. <laughs> mm. Usually I'll get it just like on a, like a pepperoni, or uh, lately if I've been getting it, I've been getting it with uh, pepperoni and pineapple. Sweet. That's a fun combination. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, that's it for my questions. 
So that leads us to listener questions. <laughs> and boy, howdy, do we have some of those. Uh, we'll start with this one from Jake Mason, okay. current display name, Jake Mason, but like a Frankenstein or something, at JJ underscore Mason. How many zombies is too many zombies for one island? <sighs> It depends on the size of the island. Yes. Realistically, probably one is too many zombies. Because zombies in general are too many zombies. Mm. But for an island... I talk about this... Sorry, go ahead. Nope. I talk about this a lot, but I feel like I would not survive a zombie apocalypse. So, like, again, with I'm with you, Lava. Like, one is too many. Uh, just for a popula- population density reason, I think on an island like this one, uh, in this film, and in the original film, I would say maybe like 100, 150. Did we ever th- figure out how many people in the original movie died to the cat people? Uh... Well, it was like a generation's worth. Yeah. Like. It's like. Because there were a lot of zombies of different time periods. Uh-huh. Um, But I'm just now wondering is did we ever think about how. How many times each harvest moon, I guess. Harvest moon is once a year, right? Let me Google. I think that's just a moon type. Like they have different moon full moon names I want to say the harvest moon is the full moon in October but I might be wrong let's see harvest moon is the full moon nearest the September equinox which occurs around September 22nd okay so basically Uh, most years it's in September but around every three years it's in October so yeah once a year Oh, uh, we just passed the harvest moon. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was, um, there was like, uh, some stuff that happened that day. Yeah. <laughs> the witches were out getting stuff done, as people have been saying. Yeah. God bless. So thinking about how many times is like, say they were in the 1600s, right? When they were killed by the pirates. Um, I could probably get you a more correct statement on that I feel like this must have been something we talked about in general almost definitely but it's been so long it was like early 1800s 1800s 1600s would have been too early yeah let's see we know that it was before the civil war that's right because we have confederate zombies yeah which is, like, weird, because they were the good guys, and I'm like, that's never necessarily the truth. But, okay. Civil War, 1861 to 1865. So, definitely 1800s, at least. So, if we round it to 200, that's 200 harvest moons. It says 18th century here on the Scooby-Doo wiki. 18th century? The late 18th century, which would have been the 1700s. Yeah. Okay. So. So we're looking at like 250 years, roughly. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, say 250 years. How many times did they have to? Because the premise was that they had to uh, suck people dry in order to stay young, right? To stay immortal? Yeah, they, they became immortal werecats at un some unspecified point then. So we'll say 250 since they became werecats. Um... And we know they've sucked more than one person's soul yes, I was gonna get to every that. so often. Like, we see the, the tourists who are clearly like couples. There's two of them there. There's like a whole. They were going like, to suck the whole Mystery Inc. There's group. like a whole, uh, what is it? Like, platoon of Civil War people. Okay, so the Scooby Doo Wiki says ex specifically for the next two centuries. So, an exact 200 years. Let's go. With. Okay. Okay. So um, okay. 200 years. Let's see. Well, they would just drain victims' life energies, and if there were no victims, they would find tourists. Or lure tour tourists in with uh, Lena. Mm -hmm. So um, we're looking at, like, anywhere between 206 to 700 people. Yes. it. I guess it just really does depend how many times they had to. Like, say if it was every four years. I think they had to do it every year. Every year. That would make sense. Yeah. Okay, then. God dang. It's definitely more than 200. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of zombies. That's a lot of zombies. So I guess the population of zombies on an island is anywhere from zero to, let's say, 600. Yeah, 600 is a good number. Yeah. It's a good upper limit. All right, so now we have some questions here from Charlie, current display name Charlie, eerie vampire boyfriend, at magical underscore pride on Twitter. What would make you go back to somewhere you already had a scary experience? Maybe if I was with someone. Mm. Like, buddy system. I feel like a family or friend tie, but I'm also like that white person who like, would fully die in a horror movie. And I've realized <laughs> that about myself recently. Like, I would be the person who'd be like, I hear a sound, I'm going to go investigate. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I think it would be like, if there's like a, 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 there has to be like a specific reason, you know, like, uh, it would, have, it, it wouldn't be something trivial. Mm -hmm. Unless like, it was like a, okay. Well, I guess it depends on like, what kind of the scary thing it was. Let's say you had a scary experience at the zoo. Mm -hmm. You could probably be safe going to a zoo again. Maybe it would be like a little on edge, but... Yeah, it really depends. If I was on an island that had zombies on it or something, and I almost had my soul taken by cat people, um, then <laughs> it, would, it would take quite a bit to bring me back. Yeah, and I wouldn't just ignore it. Ahem. <clears throat> Oh my god, the gaslighting in this movie. We'll get there, we'll, we'll get there. Get I'm so there. sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, it's it's very... It's, yeah, it's a lot. Um, so yeah, it would. I think it would take either not knowing that's where I was, which I, I don't think that would happen. I think you would remember. Uh, especially if it's something like that. Hmm. Uh, next question from Charlie... C asks, is there a location you'd love to see the gang go back to? 
So let me look back at my list here of movies that happened. I saw that on Twitter earlier, and I have a pretty, like, an, an answer that I'm pretty confident about. Ooh. I would love to see the gang go back and do another Cyber Chase movie. Ooh. Like, mm. I think like, that that could be really cool in the modern age. That is fascinating. That's a great idea, because then the sky's the limit. It's like they could do basically any idea within the cyber world. Oh, there would... You know there would be a moment of 3D animated Scooby-Doo characters, and that would be strange to see. Oh, that would be really interesting. <laughs> Jimmy Timmy Power Hour. The Jimmy Timmy Power Hour. And, like, also, like, mobile games with that. Like, if they have to, like, move between different forms of gaming to, like, figure the mystery out. Mm-hmm. Okay, if if they did a new cyber chase, I would want them to manage to do an animated version of that one Scooby-Doo team-up comic where it's every version of Scooby-Doo teamed up. <laughs> It'd be fun. That would be good. Um, let's see. Uh, there's probably like another... You could probably get some more good stuff if you sent them to the moon again. <laughs> The ghoul school, perhaps. <laughs> ghoul school also made my list there. Yeah. Yeah, we need it... uh, Shaggy and Scooby to go on another adventure. Like, all on their lonesome for a random reason. I am worried about uh, the 13 Ghost movie. Uh-oh. Because it's, it's, the, it's the movie that came out right before this one. And this one's technically like a direct sequel to it in the timeline. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Um, so next, next question, last question here from Charlie is, do you think horror movies are better alone or in groups? So Groups, absolutely. I'm curious on if it's within the horror movie of the context of this question or watching horror movies i mean uh, either way i would say groups. Uh, i agree but i was just kind of curious i will say i assume c means watching yeah probably watching horror movies for me i am a heckler of horror movies like mm -hmm. badly uh, i talk during it i yell at the screen etc uh, so I, if I were watching with a group, I'd have to make sure they were cool with that ahead of time, because I don't shut up during ho uh, horror movies. We should plan a horror movie for Kathy movie night for Halloween. <laughs> That'd be fun. The last horror movie I saw in theater, that's not true, the last good horror movie I saw in theaters was Get Out, and that was the best experience i've ever had in a movie theater because everyone was so verbal watching it mm. like everyone was yelling at the screen and we were all like everyone in the room was yelling screaming <laughs> it was very very vocal very very animated and i tend to think watching a horror movie with a group of people and for me i think it goes like group of people is best alone is second best and then with two people is kind of the worst. Mm. I feel like with two people, there's a lot of pressure to react in the right way. Where once you have a group, it becomes easier. Yeah. Um, there are instances where I think it's fun with two people. Um, but I, I think a theater full of people I've never had a good experience with. 
Um, but I've definitely had good experiences with it. Just like, oh, like a, a group of you and your friends type situation. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next question comes in from Crest at Fantasy Crest on Twitter. Would you make a Scooby-Doo anime? Absolutely. <laughs> Goodness. I, I, I've gone on record saying that I love the way that the uh, those early Scooby, like 1990s Scooby-Doo movies look. Because mm-hmm. um, all four of those were animated by like, a Japanese anime studio that I've somehow forgotten the name of, even though I, I've mentioned it so many times. <laughs> can pull it up again real quick knowing nothing about anime having seen like half an anime in my life i'm down for that let's go yeah i'm kind of in the same boat there t i'm just kind of like i've seen anime but it's not really my go-to entertainment so i haven't seen a lot of it at all uh mook animation that was the that was that was the company that did it ah um, they also did, uh, let's see here. Uh, they did those four Scooby-Doo movies. They did Men in Black, the series. They did Mummies Alive. They did Biker Mice from Mars. <laughs> nice. Real, like, variety. They did the animated ALF show. Oh. Real variety here. Um, but yeah, mostly just because, like, just a second ago before we started recording, I watched a comparison between some scenes from this movie and the original, and just seeing that old animation style, just, it was good. Yeah. I miss it. I, the new versions are fine, and it makes perfect sense why they updated it, because it's vastly different, but they're... Mm -hmm. And, like, even just from, like, film quality. Yeah. Film quality, especially. I know we're probably going to get into this once we get into the movie, but, like, the animation style for me, for Velma, Shaggy, and Scooby, I love this animation style. Mm -hmm. Daphne is so disconcerting for me. Like, the fact that her eyes match her dress actively made me uncomfortable. I have a very important question. Has she always had... The purple blue eyes? Is that a thing I've just not noticed, or is it just this movie? Hold on. Cause I noticed that. I noticed, oh my gosh, her eyes match her dress. That's kind of interesting. Well, most of the time they do just like dark circle eyes. Right. You know? Just like just as a black dot inside a eye shape. Right, and that's, like, what I was used to. I don't understand why Daphne's the only one who had colored eyes in this movie. <laughs> uh, in Mystery Inc., she also has purple eyes. Oh, uh, okay. It was a very interesting choice. I actually didn't mind it. Oh, that's weird. I think I... Yeah, that is a little weird. I think I only minded it because no one else had colored eyes. I was like... Is this supposed to, like, highlight her femininity? I don't really know why this choice was made. Right. If everyone else had colored eyes, I'd be like, okay, cool, that's the aesthetic. But it felt like a weird choice to have Daphne be the only one for whom that aesthetic was true. Well, I can understand... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shaggy and Fred 
didn't have eyes like that because boys can't have feminine qualities. Um, and then Velma didn't have like that because glasses. I uh, bet Daphne that was had the logic. blue eyes in the original Zombie Island. Say again. Daphne had like a. I guess it is kind of like a purplish blue, in the original Zombie Island. Oh, interesting. It's but in I, the original Zombie Island, Fred also had blue eyes. Yeah, that's true. It was that in 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 that case was just the style. Like they actually mm-hmm. drew the eye shape. That's fair. But I guess you also look at like how many movies came out a year at this time. Like it's it's that, this is like last year. This was like the two year, two movies a year situation. Mm-hmm. So that yeah, they they do go pretty quick with how often they they come out. <sighs> um. But yeah. So anyway, yes, anime of Scooby would be great. Mm-hmm. I I would watch it. I I would write it. I'm bad at. I don't write, but I, I could probably write a Scooby Doo. <laughs> I mean, based off of this movie, could definitely write a better Scooby Doo. I actually have a pitch for a better version of this movie. Oh, I am so excited to hear that. I uh. also do, but not necessarily because I planned it, just because I was like, wait, but all these things are wrong. Everything is so wrong and I'm so confused. I, uh, okay, we're, we're probably going to get into that later, but I am furious about those things. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so next we have a bunch of questions here from good friend of the show, Tanner. <laughs> Tanner at Sparky Upstart on Twitter. They ask, uh, I should clarify, I'm pretty sure Tanner was very tired when they sent these in, <laughs> but afterwards, they did say that they stand by their questions, so... Are zombies just the island Bigfoot? <laughs> I'm gonna say no. No. Where in the world is Carmen Sandygast? Uh, Alola. Chilling on a beach. I have to work at 6.30am tomorrow. Why? Tanner, that was me all week this week. So, mood. I, if I know so anything, sorry, if I know anything about Scooby Doo from the classic era, it's because capitalism is evil. <laughs> this is true. Very true. Uh, sleepy face emoji. Yep. What song is stuck in your head right now? Uh, Terror time again from the original Scooby Doo's on the island. Nice. Uh, I just watched a fan edit of the chase from this one with Terror Time again set behind it, ah. and it's very good. Nice. For me, it's not so much a song, just you know, audio clips from various YouTubers who are playing Among Us right now. Just you know, I've been watching so many videos, so I have in my head those reactions just constantly looping. I played for the first time ever a couple days ago, and I'm a pretty good crewmate. I'm a terrible imposter. <laughs> yeah, I haven't played it. I've just been watching because I probably wouldn't, like, actually be good at the game. 
Uh, for me, the song stuck in my head is something I listened to earlier today, which is Thumbnail by Louis Zong and Brian David Gilbert. Nice. Um, let's see here. Next question <laughs> is... If Fred Power Ranger... Sorry, hold on. Let me get this correct. Please. If Fred Power Ranger... Ascot? Yes. <laughs> yes. That gives me the, like, vibes of that internet video that was super viral a couple years ago of the like google answers pregnant questions <laughs> how to tell if pregante <laughs> um but but yeah absolutely um is willy wonka a scooby-doo villain yes i could see it yeah you could very easily make a scooby-doo willy wonka movie i feel like willy wonka wouldn't be the villain in that though like Willy Wonka's so upfront about his creepiness and, like, <laughs> unnervingness that, like, he'd yeah, be the red okay. herring character. So he- here's the Scooby-Doo version of Willy Wonka is they go to the chocolate factory um, and the creepy old man that pr- approaches Charlie in that film. The one Slugworth. that turns out to have been working. Yeah. When- Slugworth. The instead Slugworth of having actor. been working for... Yeah. Sorry. Uh, instead of that person having been working for Willy Wonka the entire time, having him dress up like a, like a chocolate monster or something. <laughs> I don't also... know why I assumed it was going to, sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I don't know why I assumed the chocolate monster was going to look like vaguely just like slime of chocolate, but with two candy canes sticking out of his head, like one on either side as like antlers. Aw. I could see that. That's adorable. I, I was very much just thinking Clayface from Batman the Animated Series. <laughs> but chocolate. Um, okay, and last question here from Tanner is, UK flag, how do you feel a Boit Manta Ray's UK flag? Uh, I think Manta Rays are pretty cool. They're very cute. I've touched a Manta Ray before. They're ocean dogs. Hmm. Ocean dog. Sea dog. I would argue that a sea dog is a, a seal. I mean, yeah. I have no strong feelings on most aquatic animals. I like them all, but I don't have any, like, mm-hmm. definitive love or hatred for them. But uh, rays are pretty cool, so. They got a really nice aesthetic going on. Hmm. All right, and that's it for questions. Woo! All right, um, so that just leaves us with the, the meat of the program. Uh, let me go through my trivia here to see if there's anything worthwhile talking about. Uh, no, I, I copy and pasted a bunch of stuff from the, the Scooby-Doo fan wiki just so I could bring it up later. I'll read it verbatim when those things come up. The only thing that really stood out for me in terms of fun facts was based on what I was seeing, there's only one member of the original cast from the original movie returning. Hmm. And I think that's Frank Welker as uh, Fred and uh, Scooby. Wow. Mm-hmm. The other three main members of the cast are all different and the whole supporting cast is different as well. Yeah. Um, there's also like a couple of characters like most of the characters from the original movie are referenced with the exception of I have written down two. 
Um, there's Bo, who was like the, you know, the, Ranch hand. the landscaper. Yeah. Who was a detective. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the other one was my personal favorite, and I'm mad that we didn't get any references to Big Mona. Yeah. I forgot about Big Mona. You're right. We did not get any references. I have a lot of moments written down where I'm like, is this the Bo stand in in this movie? Uh, particularly about Seaver. Because I missed Bo a lot. Because he was pretty. <laughs> Is the Bo stand-in the Fred stunt double? Yeah, Seaver. Um, maybe. He, do- he doesn't show up until like m- most of the way through the movie, though, is the problem. Yeah. He's... That's because this movie is poorly structured. Listen. Mm-hmm. It's poorly structured and... There is yeah. a character who disappears. And we never see again. And I'm just so curious. It's like, this person never appeared again. Where was this oh. person? I didn't I didn't notice that. I'm excited to hear about yeah. it. <sighs> okay, um... So this film is Scooby-Doo Return to Zombie Island. It premiered at the San Diego Comic-Con on July 21st, 2019, and then released digitally on September 3rd and DVD on October 1st. So it's been oh, just over a calendar year now. Mm. It was directed by Cecilia Aronovich Hamilton and Ethan Spaulding. Produced by Jim Krieg. Amy McKenna, Rick Morales, and Sam Register, who is an executive producer, and written by Jeremy Adams. Featuring the voice acting talents of Frank Welker as Scooby-Doo and Fred Jones, Great Lyle Griffin as Daphne Blake, Matthew Lillard as Shaggy Rogers, Kate Micucci as uh, Velma Dinkley. Sorry, I sort of stopped saying words out loud for some reason. Janelle Cox as Cat Person and Sister Withers. David Herman as Jack and the Sheriff. John Michael Higgins as Alan Smithy. Dave B. Mitchell as Driver and Ferry Captain. Cassandra Peterson as Elvira. Roger Rose as Lead Cat Person and Narrator. And Travis Willingham as Seaver. There's a lot of character names that, like, they don't list the voice actor for via Wikipedia, which is where I get just copy and paste all of the cast information from, mm-hmm. which I think is really weird. But also there are a bunch of characters in this movie who don't speak. Mm-hmm. Don't speak much. Yeah. Like, but the thing is like, uh, they have Jack in here. Who's the fake Jacques, but they don't have Mona on here. Who's the fake Simone. Yeah. And she definitely says a lot. Oh, interesting. She's like Lena Standin says nary a word the entire film. No. Mm-hmm. Um, a quick backstory, because like I said, this is basically an immediate follow-up to Thirteen Ghosts. Uh, apparently in the last film, the cops told him to stop solving mysteries because of criminal negligence, and then they sold all their stuff. Oh, I was wondering, what the heck? Where did this plot come from? Uh, we'll, we'll we'll see where it came from in the future. Gotcha. I was so weirded out by that whole concept. Like, what is happening? I would have actually been really interested to see, like, what 
the gang looks like when they're trying to operate like hidden from the law. I think that could have been a really interesting angle <laughs> to explore in a movie, but this one did not do that. <sighs> yep. I I like viewing them as Sherlock Holmes figures that are just sort of like, we're going to get in here and we're going to solve the problem and all of the police force is going to hate us. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just going to keep mm. calling them idiots. Yeah. Um. So the intro, we just start immediately with the intro, no cold open. Um. It's sort of like a medicine music intro. I love and this like, intro. It's got like a shadow box storybook look going on, recapping the original movie. Yeah. There's like there's definitely motion. I think I would have liked it more if there wasn't motion. Hmm. That would have been or neat. like really rigid motion. I the the music the atmosphere that it introduced it's very spooky and I loved it and then it never that that yeah. entire vibe is gone for the rest of the movie yep one hundred percent I have a note down that says opening credits are terrific yep and I like that mix of like two D and three D effects that they've got going on mm-hmm. and also one thing I'll give credit to this whole movie for the way that they play with light in it is really really beautiful oh nice. Basically, this opening sequence is immediately forgotten, and I had actually forgotten it up until this point when I'm reading my notes, (laughs) because the rest of the movie... (sighs) Yeah. Okay. Uh, So then we cut to the gang being chased into an alley by a werewolf. Yeah. Uh, and Fred is like, alright, y'all run down the alley, I'll go get help. And the werewolf corners them. And then Fred's back with the mystery machine at the end of the alley. And there's a rope tied to it. Yeah. And a pulley and a net. It's like all set up already. Uh, and then they just sort of... They they unmask the wolf. And let's let's give an unmasking here. Young, Young man, man Withers. Withers! The son of old man Withers. <laughs> Before we get to that unmasking, the first joke in the movie is like that, like, where, 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 out there, no werewolf. And that was a solid first joke. Like, mm-hmm. I was really impressed. Yeah. yeah. like you It's could, a little obvious, but I liked it. That's the kind of joke that you start, like, a Scooby-Doo movie yeah. with. Yeah. You know, when you're doing the, the, the mystery that they're wrapping up before the movie starts, basically. Mm-hmm. Which is the way a lot of these movies start. <laughs> um, so then they, then they watch the mystery machine... <laughs> The, it and then gets it's, a, it's time to monster mash. It gets a car wash montage. I yeah. thought to myself, I wrote this in my notes, Mystery Machine gets an upbeat car wash montage, which is a scary choice because that means it's going to get totaled at some point. And I only wrote that mm. down because I didn't know the context of the previous movie. <laughs> yeah. Why does Daphne put makeup on a car? she's dusting up the paint you see she's covering up like a scratch or something probably (laughs) but it's clearly a compact she's clearly putting like green blush on the car yeah it's very good i laughed a lot at this montage um but yeah and then there's another montage immediately afterwards where fred it says it's time to monster mash yes uh and then they're just like rude to a bunch of monsters. Yeah. Vampire, mummy, swamp monster. Space kook. Yep. Yeti. Creeper. 
I, Sorry, uh, to be clear, because I am a pedant sometimes when it comes to Scooby-Doo stuff, uh-huh. that wasn't a Yeti, that was the Snow Ghost. Oh, okay. From the episode, oh, right. That Snow Ghost. Sorry, I was writing it down as I was watching, so... <laughs> yeah, I, I, just, um... I have that big book of <laughs> yes. Scooby-Doo stuff, and I'm like, oh yeah, Snow Ghost. <laughs> Uh, this montage is basically Fred just nearly murdering a bunch of people. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because it's um, like the mystery Fred machine. Fred almost machine. runs the vampire. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. I was gonna say the mystery machine is featured heavily in this montage. Uh, to reckless and um endangerment levels. Mm-hmm. For example, the moment where yeah, it no. really struck me was the oil slip yes! on a cliffside. Yeah, yeah, that's speed racer. Scene. Yes, I wrote that down as like speed racer type sabotages on the mystery machine. Woo woo. Uh, it's good. Um, so like, actually, that's a thing that was brought up on the on the Scooby Doo wiki, where every they were just like, "Hey, the the gang is sort of characterized as being." Huge. Oh, he's obviously a mastermind criminal dog. He's bound to have a closet full of collars back home. That are like kind of menacing during this series of events. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. It's definitely what this comes across as. Honestly, they read as huge. You are a genius. How'd you figure that out? Throughout the film to me, or at least for the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, are we going to do another unmasking? Uh, yeah, let's do another unmasking, because you get all of all of these monsters together in one big pile, and we're just going to unmask them all at once. The, the whole, whole Withers, Withers family. family! Yep, that's, it's them. <laughs> and they would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for those meddling kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mystery machine then just, like, goes into neutral, I guess, and starts rolling backwards down the hill. It and then the hill disappears and just launches into space. Turns into a nightmare hill. And, oh, Fred is just night having a nightmare in the middle of a diner? Yeah, they're in the malt shop. Yeah. And he's screaming. Yeah. Because he's like, oh, I, lost, I thought I lost the mystery machine. Oh, Fred, you sold it. Yeah. Uh, a pa- is this um, an established thing where there is a parking space reserved for the for the mystery machine at the malt shop? I don't think it's been established in other canon, okay. but I definitely could believe it. Okay. Uh, especially if like this is a scenario where they just always come back to this malt shop. Yeah. I imagine they are like, especially with Shaggy and Scooby, they're probably like VIP customers. Yeah. I know that we know that Shaggy comes for money, but, like, how much is spent on food? <laughs> it's like, uh, that drill tweet. It's like, uh, oh god, I can't- Four million dollars on candles. Yeah. Please help me, my family is starving. Buy less candles. Only instead, it's Scooby Snacks. Yeah, well, like, also, it's- this is weird- double mixture here where shaggy both comes from money and also magic <laughs> uh is the sort of vibe that we've decided on yeah. it's the strange crossroads there mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, so Mystery Inc. has been closed down. And Vum was like, yeah, I, I'm not going to be able to finish my unsolved mystery sections on my blog. Uh, and it's both Fred and Daphne are like, oh, you had a blog? And that is a... V, this is no time for fooling around. Mood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry for whoever edited... Sorry, uh, Cassidy, I know you edited this. So there's the first bleep out. It's fine. Haven't had to do a bleep on this show in a while. Yeah. I was very confused when I reached this point because I was like, wait, why does the sheriff get to tell them to stay out of trouble and stop solving mysteries? I was very confused. Because they're teens again in this one. (laughs) I was so annoyed by that, but we can get to it in a moment, I think. I got so mad about that. Again, it's going to come up in like half an hour of film time, but so mad. I, I think I have decided I'm of the opinion that the Scooby-Doo gang should always be young adults unless it's a TV show. Yeah, I could see that. I think you can get away with them being teens in a TV show, but that's pretty much it. Well, it's just... Oh, we'll get into it. Mm-hmm. Especially in this movie. Yeah. Uh... Um, so they're, they're talking about, oh, we've solved all the, all the mysteries... They don't have any more to do. <laughs> and then three separate mysteries are uh, revealed to them in the diner. Well, they just look around. Yeah, they're on the news, they talk about a ghost. And then there's another patron that's like, oh, yeah, there's like a green thing haunting the, the cannery. <laughs> and then another group of people sitting down is like, yeah, and this ghost shows up and it asks people to set their VCR. <laughs> What's a VCR? I don't know. I sat there and I was like, ow, I'm so old. <laughs> uh, I think they talk about it a little bit, these mysteries, but Shaggy is not having it. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, not at all. And then they bring out a menu and have the gang swear for just like, you know, because they're like, all right, let's go on a vacation or something then. Okay, there is a moment where Fred says, that's a menu. And Daphne says, oh, they know. It was really funny. Yeah. There's like a, a lot of good small, like, not a lot of good, but like there's a few good small things yeah. here and out in this movie that could have just been in a better movie. Yeah. Honestly, that whole swearing in bit made me laugh a fair bit. Yeah. Uh, yes, I, I have the thing written down. Uh, they swear to like not solve any more mysteries, man. And a promise is like a promise that you can't be unpromised unless the promiser gets permission from the promisee. You dig? <laughs> uh, Fred stumbling through that is one of my favorite parts of this yeah. movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that they say like and man. They are mm-hmm. base. They are repeating what Shaggy told them to say. It's great. It definitely makes sense that they fall apart when they're reading when they're repeating the last half. But I was really hoping we'd get to hear all of them say "you did." Oh man! Um, then the sheriff shows up and is like, "You need to just be kids, you know, with lemonade stands and sock hops and potato sack races." I yeah. Uh, I I do like there, there's a bit uh, here where Vilma's like, uh, "He's right." And Shaggy's like, about the sock hops? <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh, too. 
I have a note that says, uh, Sheriff, they're not kids, they're like 30. <laughs> I have that note! But, uh... I have that this note. Was the, this is the 50th anniversary of Scooby-Doo. Huh. That, that during this when this movie was released goodness um but that's yeah, they're like, amazing all right let's do a voca- vacation how about an amusement park and they're like no amusement parks are always haunted no zoos with demons no theaters with phantoms, with phantoms of any kind <laughs> uh... <laughs> the theater geek in me loved that joke yeah honestly like the first 15 minutes of this movie were really solid. I was expecting this movie to be really good based on like everything up to the like okay, so maybe like the first 5 minutes up to like the Elvira bit. Yeah, I realized around the time the sheriff came came in as like wait a second, the tone of this movie is completely different from the first movie. Mhm. And I was like, uh, what's happening here? And that just got worse. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go ahead and say now that basically in my pitch for a better version of this movie, we stop here and we skip to a point much later in the movie. <laughs> and that becomes the entire intro. <laughs> um, but yeah, so their favorite TV show is on and Elvira's there. Uh, and she says that a fantastic fan will get an island retreat. What is that? Number 15? Oh, I don't remember. (laughs) I deleted my notes from then. Hang on. Wait, no, hold on. Wait. Wait a minute. I have my old documents on this computer. It is number 15! I was right! (laughs) I have it on (laughs) the same page. Uh, Like, I have the same document for all of my notes, and I just typed, uh, fang in the uh, search and it popped up number four, uh, 14 results good <laughs> how did I know Just go that ahead and up that counter oh. oh that delights me uh, but yeah um, so yeah congratulations to Shaggy Rogers <laughs> you get to invite three guests and a pet how convenient uh, but nope Daphne, Velma, and Fred aren't gonna read into it. No siree. Velma's like, it's definitely not mysterious. The only mystery here is when we're gonna leave. Which is apparently right now. Shaggy says the line, like nothing's bad ever happened in paradise. (laughs) And uh, I literally like looked at my list of Scooby-Doo movies that I'd pulled up and I was like, huh, Aloha Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo and the Beach Beastie, Scooby-Doo 2002, <laughs> Lego Scooby-Doo Bo- Blowout Beach Bash. Like, that's four that take place on an island retreat somewhere. Mm-hmm. Not to mention uh, Pirates Ahoy, on which they're just, like, on a nice tropical cruise. Yeah, they are! <laughs> and there's a cruise at the beginning of Legend of the Vampire. Yeah. Um... I wanted to mention, because I found it adorable, apparently Scooby and Shaggy love watching horror movies. Yeah, because those cheesy monsters are the only monsters we're not afraid of. Mmm, cheese, says Scooby. Yes. yes, So this open sea cruise that they're on on the way to the island is definitely just a swamp tour. But, Um, but, this is very important. There is still the classic vacation beach music playing. Mm-hmm. 
while they're on this ferry ride in a swamp. There is it too early to talk about how bad the music in this movie oh, is? Oh god. It's so oh I'm so mad about the oh music in this movie. I hated the music in this movie. The only good music in this movie is the opening sequence. Right. Oh, oh there's okay. So this is getting way ahead, but the final chase scene of this movie <sighs> being set to some weird 1970s pop and not like, I don't know, a new cover of Terror Time Again or something. I wouldn't have enjoyed that either, but at least that would have been a reference. Right. Like, I was hoping we'd be following up with the aesthetic of the original one at least. So like, there's still like some sort of pop punk influence there, but n- nope, <laughs> it's, it's like bubblegum pop and it's 1970s pop music i i was so mad when that music montage came up like the the music montage for the mystery machine car wash was fine because what a silly thing and it was a dream as well but but it's a chase sequence and they're being chased by cat people and you've got 70s pop music and it's a love song. Like, the lyrics are romantic. It has nothing to do thematically or tonally with the movie. It's so out of left field. I hated it. <sighs> anyway, yeah. go back in, going back in time, um, mm-hmm. the gang is so very... Also, oh, yes. So, yeah, they're all on edge and, like, Fred's staring into the water and I was really hoping we'd see an alligator. <laughs> Same. Uh, there's no, no alligators luck. in the ocean. They might be. Um, mm. But they are all extremely determined not to solve any mysteries. Even though they know this is not a tropical island. I, I want to say, just I want to go out on the record and say that I think this premise of like the gang literally doing everything they can to not try to solve a mystery would be a great premise for a Scooby-Doo episode. Yes. I don't think it's good for this. They they abandoned it. Like, they abandoned it halfway through the movie anyway. Well, see, that's my issue with this movie as a whole, is that it's three separate movies. Yeah. Yeah. In, like, a really weird way, too. Um, But, yeah. So, they... Just, you know. Go talk to the captain. Mm-hmm. Um, and the captain's like, it's one night only because I'm leaving tomorrow for the last time. Because of the zombies. And they're just like, ah, I guess he means like them. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Pointing to Shaggy and Scooby, who ate too much. Yeah. And they're shambling around because, yeah. Watching their brains explode, like... It's actually really fun for me watching them try to, like, rationalize what's going on and figure out ways to not make things mysterious. (laughs) I had a lot of fun watching this. Yeah, that's why I think it would be, like, a really, really good episode. Yeah. I think, tonally, it was a terrible idea for Return to Zombie Island to have this premise. Mm -hmm. Agreed. I, I it would be it would be very fun. Uh just like 
the okay if this was an episode of scooby-doo it would be this gimmick and by the end of the movie they've accidentally solved the mystery yes yes i was kind of expecting them to like not break the promise but just you know rationalize things and accidentally like fix things like through the- through their inaction or their uh, avoidance they solve the mystery that would have been hilarious they were invited onto an island like spooky island style like from scooby-doo 2002 uh with the express purpose of someone who knows mystery inc inside and out to try to trap them but because they're not acting like mystery inc they don't get trapped yes i thought that was gonna happen and it didn't instead it's a fucking twist ending thing twist middle thing (sighs) I have a lot of feelings about this movie. My other thought for how to do that would be like have. Uh, sorry, I get distracted. My other um, thought about how to do this would be like having a really iconic guest star cast. Like you could do it with someone like Hot Dog Water or like even the Hex Girls. Mm-hmm. Having someone else be like, "Why aren't you guys solving this?" And then like it's actually a movie about like that secondary cast solving the mystery. Ah. I feel like that could be a really fun way to empower a different group of people. Yeah, that would be neat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's two or three different... It's three different premises all mashed together in a monster mash. Monster mash together, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so the gang... Their gang's, like, boat trip ends and they get off the boat and then we get the the locals or whoever are saying like get out and we get that whole like i choose to believe it's some sort of island greeting like aloha get out to you too that fred says yeah yep (laughs) that one's like a little too far for me i will say once um they're all everyone ignores them because of course they do uh they're all Mm -hmm. trying to ignore the mysteries and shaggy and scooby are uh you know, not paying attention. Um, the the two people who greeted them kind of shrug and say, tourists. I found that very funny. Um, there's also, I want to go back real quick. There's a moment on, on the boat that I missed in my notes. Mm-hmm. There's a scene after the captain mentions the zombies where like, it's, it's just like a talking heads scene, by which I mean like their bodies don't animate at all. And they just sort of talk at each other. Um, of the gang just being like, oh, it's just like that other time, but we're not allowed to say anything about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, they get in a van, a, a white van, and Fred's like, hey, this van sucks. Yeah, he's not <laughs> impressed. Um, it doesn't even have any, like, flower decals or anything. The driver is very confused by Fred's whole attitude. Um, this Fred gives me big, like, Scooby-Doo 2002 vibes. Like, this Fred is very appearance-driven mm-hmm. and surface-level. I can see it, yeah. Uh, do you think this Fred would say, I think Coolsville sucks? Hmm. Uh, definitely. 100%. They can mm-hmm. solve their own problems. <laughs> um. So in this fan ride... There's like an awkward silence while Scooby and Shaggy are snoring in the back. 
Yeah, and they decide to try to make small talk. Apparently, the gang doesn't talk about anything other than mysteries. This is categorically incorrect. This is... As proven by most other movies. This is like... These writers don't know how a friend group works. It's like... What? These people are around each other every day. And yes, they solve mysteries a lot together. But they don't talk about anything other than mysteries? What? Oh, you know what? I think I know what's happening here. And I think it's that the people who, the person who wrote this uh, was very inspired by Scooby-Doo 2002. And oh. it's a situation where Shaggy and Scooby are the clue to the friendship. And at that point, they just don't know what to do without them. Yeah, and... Oh, God. It does feel very... The gang is back together and they don't know how to talk to each other anymore because they haven't spent any time together for years. It feels very that. Mm-hmm. Which is awkward. And, the, and again, like, this could have been such an interesting premise. Like, since we already know this movie decides canon what canon, um, it could have been a really interesting premise to be like, what is the gang's friendship like without mysteries to glue it Mm -hmm. together? But again, it was like mentioned once and then we get this like really beautiful speech at the end about mystery ink forever, but nothing comes out of it. It's also a weird thing that there's like a lot of very good Daphne and Velma scenes. (laughs) So I feel like they should also still have something to talk about. But like Fred still doesn't fit into that because he's like, so who watched the big game last night? And I'm I guarantee you Fred didn't watch the big game nope. last night. I It's a line. He's just trying to make small talk. Yep. I wrote down what sport do you think Fred is talking about and did he actually watch it? No. <laughs> no, he didn't watch any sport. He just said the big game hoping someone would go with it's it. It's just a thing people talk about with, you know, small talk, right? It could have been the weather question. Mhm. Um, I will say, for all that I don't like the whole they have nothing when they're not solving mysteries, um, Daphne asks Velma what does she do for fun, um, and Velma is like, nothing besides solving mysteries, while she turns to the window and we see her reflection. It was a really neat kind of visual that was very funny, for all that I don't like the setup. I, I think there could have been a funny bit here where she says something really tech-heavy and then Daphne just gets confused by it or something. Yeah, that would have been made, made more sense. Or, like, talks about her blog or something. I don't know. I mean, her blog's still mystery-themed, but, like, whatever. Yeah. Velma's manic energy in this felt a little problematic at times. I, like, there's a lot was, I don't like about this Velma. I like the voice actor a lot, both as an actress, because I think she's brilliant, and also, like, in her performance as Velma. Mm-hmm. But I don't like the writing for this Velma. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's that's what I meant. Um, like, there are some fun bits, like, later when she just... <laughs> 
decides to abandon everything to solve a mystery and puts on night vision goggles. That's oh, fun. I, I, it's a fun. It's a fun. I bit. love that moment. That, um, we're probably. Will we talk about it when we get there? Probably. So we'll we'll address it later. But yeah, but like it's just like modern Scooby Doo. I think has a problem with like jokes. It has a lot of problems. Jokes, 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 jokes. That's not even what I was going to say. I would say that modern Scooby Doo suffers from like a severe irony poisoning. Ooh, yeah. Um, where it's just like. This is a Scooby-Doo movie that knows it's a Scooby-Doo movie, or what have you. So the characters have to act these these ways to like an, even an absurd degree, especially like in this one with Velma being like, "No, there has to be a reasonable explanation." Yeah. There was a movie we watched recently, and I don't remember which one it was, where Velma just was like, "You know what? No, I'm just gonna go along with it." I don't and, uh, remember. What, what was it? Let's see here. What are the recent movies we've watched? Do um, you know? I don't know. Oh, no, it might have been like Samurai Sword or something. Uh. Stuff where like at the end Velma's not just like, I'm sure there was a reasonable explanation. She's just like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> we solved the mystery. Yeah. Um, we'll get that. Sorry, we'll get there. I'll hold on to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but so anyway. yeah, the Shaggy and Scooby then wake up and then the there's a cat monster. A cat monster comes out of the shadows to slice down a palm tree, <laughs> and it gets in the middle of the road. Yeah, follows in the path of the van. Uh, Scooby has a really interesting moment where he leaps into the front of the van. I'm assuming to press on the brakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he notices it before I. I, I get why he would notice it before Fred and the gang, but does the van driver really just not paying attention to the road? Yeah. Um. But yeah, so, uh, so they get out and look at it, and apparently it's like, oh, it's obviously been cut down intentionally. Yeah. And also plastic. It's plastic! But Shaggy and Scooby are like, nope, you can't investigate it. Uh, and they go around, and the tire's been slashed by claw marks. But, but you can't investigate it. So they're going to walk the rest of the way, and we never see the driver again. Ah. We see him one more time, when? actually. Yes. Uh, uh, during, during the, the chase final at the chase. end. Yeah. Or not the final, yep. final chase, but like the, the mystery machine chase. We do? Uh, the mystery machine monster truck drives over top of the van, and he's standing right by it. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, he was like in the middle of repairing it or gotcha. something. I never saw him. I must have been looking down at my notes. It's a very quick scene. Gotcha. But I was like, wait, where um, did the driver go? Is he part of the mystery? What's happening here? So, that's funny that I never saw him again. Before they hike over to uh, what we will find out is Moonstar Island Resort, Shaggy has a line where he says, Listen, dudes, I know there's mysterious stuff around every corner, but like you promised. And I fully was sitting there, sitting there like... I've been on many, many vacations in my life, and I've never once come across a mystery. Maybe I'll just need better vacation spots. <laughs> I mean, statistically, well, it always happens to them. Like this is a thing that they said in uh, in Scooby Doo and Kiss, 
where Daphne was like, yeah, I just figured there would be a mystery here because it's a place and we're mystery incorporated. Yeah. They go to the Kiss Amusement Park dressed as, like, Kiss characters, and Daphne just assumed there would be a mystery, and she was right! So I, mm -hmm. I can understand why they just see stuff. Because it does happen. It's not paranoia if they're really out to get you. That's true. There's also a bit before they walk where uh, we get this like, dun, 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 like four times in a row. <laughs> and then we see the driver pull out his phone and be like, sorry, that was me. <laughs> and that's a solid, like, classic Scooby-Doo joke. Yeah, I want that ringtone. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, so uh, they get there to the resort and Daphne's like, hey, this seems familiar. And Velma's like... Oh, yeah, it looks just, it definitely doesn't look just like that place you were at before that was called Moon Scar Island, you know, with all of that stuff with the cats and points to the woods where it's just like 50 cats. It's like, oh, yeah, it's that place um, that we went to when I was working at a TV station for a school project. Yeah. Yes. For a school project, and they like they recap most of the movie with redrawn scenes. And I think my favorite bit here is that they're recapping it in Shaggy and Scooby. We know this. Like, yeah, dude, we know. We were there. I loved that. What a great moment for all of the bullshittery that this moment is. This was the moment where I gave up on oh, this yeah. movie. Like, I made it a solid 19 minutes in before I quit. Um, because, again, as I mentioned in the intro... Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island is my favorite Scooby-Doo movie of all time. And they were like, canon? Where? And I was like, uh, what? What? No, but, but, but. And I just sat there for like three minutes staring at the screen being like, you're, you're kidding. Daphne, you were, you were a grown adult in this movie. You can't retcon and say it was for a school project. What is happening here? What was Fred here? doing then? He was the cameraman. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, this is one of the notes that I just copied and pasted from the wiki. Because the gang have regressed from adults back to teenagers over the course of other direct-to-video releases since Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, several plot elements in the original film must be retconned, including some fairly unconvincing changes. For example, Daphne being the host of her own show is changed to her being on a school project, which for some reason gained interest from Chris, the talk show host. Ugh. Oh, uh, also, there was another note that I copied from earlier, um, where the sheriff says they should treat themselves to a vacation, and the, <laughs> the wiki added his commentary, which they do almost 100% of the time anyways. <laughs> <laughs> That's very, very true. Um, my favorite thing about this recap is the fact that we get to hear, say, uh, we get to hear Fred say treasure over and over. Uh, the way Fred says treasure... Uh, as in treasure, is my favorite part of Scooby-Doo Zombie Island. <laughs> so the fact that we got that, like, tossed back in, I was very happy about. Mm. Oh, God. I uh. wrote in my notes, I'm so annoyed. <laughs> because mm -hmm. what? What? Are you serious? You could have taken any direction. And you chose this direction. Mm -hmm. Why? 
Um, and then mm-hmm. Shaggy guilts them true. into ignoring everything about this. Oh, yeah, because Velma does mention that it's like, oh, I really didn't like the way that mystery ended. I can't wait to just bust it wide open. And Shaggy being like, no, you're not allowed. Stop it. Put that down. Uh, and we keep seeing the monster lurking in the shadows some more. I think Scooby sees the monster at some point. Maybe? I think so. I don't know. Well, I want to say that's a thing. Right when the uh, tree fell, Scooby saw the gotcha. monster. Uh, so inside the mansion, we see, or sorry, the resort, we meet, uh, I just wrote down a rich Hanna-Barbera character because that's literally what this character design is. Alan, the hotel manager. Looking like, uh, Flintstone's character design, a human version of Snagglepuss. Yeah. Uh, not voiced by the same guy. That would have been, like, if someone did that voice, that would be pretty good. Um... But he, he does like put on like a, a posh accent. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, yes, come sign our guest book. Guest book has... And there's missing pages. Missing pages. Oh, and the yeah. reason for the so, missing pages pisses me off. So, let's just, let's go ahead and get this out there because we're going to bring it up now. So we, get, we can rip the bandaid off now instead of ripping off like five band-aids at once later. The guest book has missing pages because they had assigned the VS book last time, except uh, in Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, Simone Lenoir's mansion wasn't a hotel open to the public and therefore didn't require a guest book. But this film dictates the opposite and that Alan Smithy reused it at the Moonstar Island Resort, just with the pages having been ripped out to further fool the gang into thinking they're not at the same mansion. They also didn't last the night last time, and they weren't planning on lasting the night. Like, even if Simone, for some reason, had a guest book because she's pretentious, they weren't planning on staying the night. They only stayed the night because of the zombie attack. And even if she had a guest book, he could have just bought a new guest book. (laughs) Right. They sell them at Michael's for $5. (laughs) Like, what was his props department doing for this movie? Oh, spoiler alert. This is a movie set. Yeah, welcome to, welcome to a movie set. Uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of security cameras, in quotation marks. Uh, um, there are housekeepers who are... Hold on, I, I do need to say that his explanation for the missing pages is him just closing the book and saying... Moths. Moths. <laughs> uh, but yes, he then introduces the staff... Uh, so we have Jack, you know, which is fake Jacques, Linda, which is fake Lena, Mona, which is fake Simone, and Bugbite Stubbs, <laughs> who is fake Snakebite Scruggs. Uh, honestly, I thought, and, uh, okay, this explains the very heavy-handed exposition, because two minutes later, they had to introduce fake characters mm-hmm. based off of those descriptions. I had several questions here. One, uh, why does Bugbite's drugs, or whatever his name is, never speak? Um, and also, perhaps more importantly, where is Bo? Yeah. Yeah. It's a mystery. I mean, I suppose, like, if he was CIA, as he was in the first movie, he couldn't be listed in Velma's blog. Because, you know, mm. CIA oh, operative. Yeah. 
That makes sense. But also, why wasn't he mentioned in the recap either? No, because it's not important. We don't want to introduce a character to remind you of their fact and not use yeah. them. Chances are, if you're watching this movie, you didn't watch this other movie that came out 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Jack hits on Daphne with some Shakespeare. Daph- oh, Daphne and Velma are immediately on edge upon seeing all of these fake uh, versions of people they knew. Yeah, but they're not gonna investigate it because they made a promise. Uh, I think my favorite one is Mona. Every time someone says anything to her, she starts with yes and, and then follows up. Yep. There's a reason for that. Yeah, it's such a dumb reason. I did notice it immediately, though, when I was first watching it. I was like, why are you saying those words? I I thought I noticed it and I was like, oh, this is funny. (laughs) This is actually kind of funny. Uh, but she's like, yeah, you guys can eat food. We have unlimited gold-wrapped Scooby snacks. Ooh. And it's all you can eat. And Shaggy and Scooby are like, ah, a challenge. However, they do not eat everything. Or at least... They they, they eat everything they were shown, but there is still food later because everybody else has yeah. to um... Her horror at watching them devour that food... <laughs> And again, I like the lighting in this movie a lot because the shadow play behind her, this like monstrous form of the two of them Mm -hmm. eating bones dry is hilarious. Um, But yeah, so they they eat it all. And then the gang was like, oh yeah, people kept saying zombies. And then one of the staff members breaks a vase. And they're like, all right, I guess instead of interacting with this at all, we're just going to go eat some food. Um, and after Massage. eating, Shaggy and Scooby go to get massages. But, oh no! Um, the masseuses are zombies, but they don't notice at first. They don't notice until uh, one of the hands breaks off. While this is happening. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm sorry, this is going to be a, a tangent, so uh, if we need to tangent, we can. I can hold oh, for a Oh, well, second. I was just going to say, while this was happening, I wrote one, two, three, four, five, six... Technically seven, technically eight. I hate this in my notes. I thought the zombie scene was kind of funny. I, I just was very annoyed. I think it's because the it's... tone is still bothering me. Yeah, the fact that it's like a joke. Like, here's the thing. This kind of joke would work in one of those movies. Like, those classic mook animation movies still. Yeah. If it was like one of the main jokes. Yes. You know? It's because the rest of this movie is also jokes that this doesn't, like, it. this doesn't hit as well as it can. Yeah. But you were going to say, T. Okay, so this scene led me down an intense rabbit hole. Uh, uh, like, several hours of research intense rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I have dubbed the nipple spiracy. Yes, uh, because we do get a Shaggy Rogers nip slip. <laughs> yep, but... We get a Shaggy Rogers nip slip in this scene, and I'll jump ahead to the credits really, really quickly. The credits, we see some recap stuff. He doesn't have yeah, nipples okay. in the credits, and I was does so confused. No, he does not, and I, I don't he get did. it. Hold on, let me pull up yep, the movie. Yep, same here. I gotta I got double check this, because during during the credits, we get, like, fake bloopers for movie filming stuff. Yeah. 
Um, and there's a point where Shaggy loses his entire robe. Ooh. Alright, let's pull up the movie. Maybe he's loading. Where is it? Uh... <gasps> he doesn't! It drove me wild. Where is it? Oh, the original scene. I need to see that. Okay, there. Uh, let's see. So while you two are looking at that, I started doing a research, like, rabbit hole about nipples in the Scooby-Doo <laughs> universe. <laughs> mm. Okay, I, I want to, before we get into that, I do want to say that I think the reasoning behind it, like, the actual reasoning is because this is a... A further out shot than the one where we see his nipples. Yeah, I will say, I just got to the scene, the original scene of the nip slip, and they're tiny. Oh, they are. It It wasn't so much that I actually thought it mattered, yeah. but I was just really confused. <laughs> mm. I think maybe also so... the context is like, yes, yes, he's naked under the robe when the nip slip happens. But it doesn't, like, you know, it's just fine. Whatever. But in the context of the um, the blooper, he becomes naked because his robe got caught on the door. And it's like, oh, embarrassing, blah, blah, blah. So I think the context there kind of matters. I don't think they could have gotten away with nipples. Right. I feel like that would have been a step yeah. too far. Like, showing nudity plus yeah. nipples. God. Society um, is so goddamn weird. So weird. Mm -hmm. So the nipple spiracy. Yes. Fred, as far as I can tell, and based on the research I was doing, Fred is shirtless for the first time in all of Scooby-Doo history in an episode of Mystery Incorporated. Mm -hmm. uh, it was Art of Darkness, which I think was 2017. He does not have nipples in that scene. He is just shirtless on a beach. Mm -hmm. Uh, the poster for Scooby-Doo and the Beach Beastie, we see Shaggy shirtless, and he has nipples on the poster. But I didn't watch the whole movie, I just scanned through it. I don't actually ever see him being shirtless in it. <laughs> I might have been wrong about that, but he's never actually shirtless, he's just shirtless on the poster. He is, however, partially shirtless in WrestleMania, when he's wearing, like, a singlet, and it falls off one shoulder. And he does have nipples in that, as do some of the wrestlers. Mm -hmm. So... I'm not positive what's going on with the nipple spiracy, but there's a nipple spiracy going on, <laughs> and it exists. <laughs> I watched a lot of clips of Scooby-Doo to try to find more nipples in Scooby-Doo. Oh, God. Uh, also, will... shirt searching for Scooby-Doo shirtless just comes up with a lot of pictures of Daphne in bikinis, and I'm like, ew, people are gross. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think... There's definitely some confirmed nipples in the live-action Scooby-Doo. Hmm. Um, I, I, I think we do see Freddie Prince Jr. in that shirtless, I think. I think he was wearing a tank top. He might have been wearing yeah, a tank top. Yeah, during his brainwashed scene. bro scene. He was hmm. wearing a tank top, okay. I think. Well, I, I will presume that Freddie Prince Jr. has nipples. <laughs> I would agree with that. I think that that is probably a fair assessment. <laughs> but you, you can never be too sure, I guess. 
having seen him in other movies, he has nipples, but like, I don't know, surgery might have happened. We don't know what happened. (laughs) It's a conspiracy. It is a conspiracy. May have had them surgically removed for the purpose of being Fred. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, But yeah, so after the zombie, they get chased off by zombies. Meanwhile, the rest of the gang is being taken on a tour of the house. I was like, oh yeah, and here here's the garage, which we just have a door to in the middle of this yep. hallway. Why? And Fred hears a noise coming from the garage, and he's like, no, that sounds like couldn't be. Uh, and bef- just as he's like about to open the door, Shaggy and Scooby come flying around the corner and run directly into him. Uh, and they do the thing where there's like talking really fast and making mostly just noises. Jibbering. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and of course no one can understand them except for the gang and the gang explains like oh yeah zombies but but the gang isn't going to be solving any mysteries therefore there must be a reasonable reasonable explanation maybe they just saw people in mud masks Velma says the line, as a woman of science, I know there's no such thing as zombies. And if Scooby-Doo and Zombie Island exists in canon of this world, that was in the same line as, like, Alien Invaders and Witches Ghost and a bunch of others that came out at that same time. Alien Invaders had real aliens. Witches Ghost had a real ghost. I'm like, uh, why are we retconning everything that you all have been through before? Because they do this all the time with Velma, especially in modern-day Scooby-Doo. They make her so obsessed with, like, oh, but there's a reasonable explanation. And they don't just play around with the fact that people who believe in science can believe in weird ish. I'm speaking from experience. (laughs) Um, So, Scooby and Shaggy go off to run and hide. Yeah, and, and they're and they're also like, I can't believe you're not going to investigate this mystery because they sort of like seem to have forgotten the pact for a moment. I think they do just completely forget because there's a moment later where they're like, oh yeah, to something. Well, they don't forget completely because they definitely still, at points, go like, no, you can't. Yeah. So that's weird. Um, but yeah, the owner seems very displeased that they are against it being spooky. Yeah, this is when I was starting to think, oh my gosh, is it going to be solved by their avoidance? That would be fun. <sighs> nope. Uh, so Shaggy and Scooby take off and they hide in a kitchen cabinet. And then they accidentally bump against a button that drops them into a secret cave. Which is the cave from the last movie that has the... Gu- cat god statue in it you know the one and shaggy and scooby are like oh hey that seems familiar oh look more zombies in the original movie there wasn't a shoot the only like secret passage was underneath the main staircase so i'm like did the movie crew put this shoot in was there going to be a scene where like they had to fall into the secret cave if that's the case why was Alan so surprised later when we get yeah. there. Mm. Yeah, that's the weird thing. They, well, because they definitely know the caves are there still anyways, because why else would there be a zombie down there? Um, so that's another thing to consider. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, 
I feel like maybe it's there for the purposes of having a trapdoor type situation. You yeah. know, like for if you need a scene for someone to just disappear off the set and don't have a good way to do it without a camera catching it, then just, you know, use the trapdoor that's hidden or something. I don't know. It, it really doesn't make any sense. This was the point of the movie where I didn't yet know about the twist that was coming. And I made the note of, these zombies have no design to them. They're very randomly clothed, and there's no, like, era-specific clothing. They're just tattered, modern clothes, it looks like. So it makes sense within the fact that this is a movie set, but I was very annoyed by it before I found out. Uh, so Velma and Daphne are trying to find Shaggy and Scooby and they have a, a moment where they're like, oh, I can't, I just, I want to solve this mystery so bad. They are champing at the bit. Um, and then Fred, meanwhile, sees a vehicle driving at the distance and he just daydreams about driving the mystery machine. I was so confused why this subplot was here. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's some, like, fun uh, jealousy stuff between Fred and Daphne going on. Like, when Jack is hitting on Daphne earlier, Fred gets jealous. And then when Fred is talking about the mystery machine as a her, Daphne gets jealous. (laughs) And I really liked those, like, little moments of jealousy because they're so unfounded. But... Oh, yeah. This is the part where I took a clip out of context. Yeah. Um, Hold on. Let me just drop it in the group chat. Let's see here. Um, there. You go. Uh, I I took a clip here out of context and just have labeled it as Fred correcting himself on pronouns.mp3. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. There was a sing- singular they usage earlier in this movie with Elvira. Hmm. Uh, Yes. She called out uh, Shaggy Rogers' name and said they can take three guests and a dog, or and a pet. And I was like, oh, hey, cool. It's neat. Uh, speaking of they, I, I need to tell you later, Lava, about a uh, character in the new Star Wars video oh. game. Um, so, yeah. Uh, after daydreaming about the mystery machine and everybody throws back together then shaggy and scooby come flying in through the front door and barricade it and talk about zombies chasing them um and the gang's like i don't know it could be anything and they see zombies rising from the ground outside and it's like it's sure a shame that we promised and we're not allowed to break our promise without we're not there just oh, yet i missed it sorry uh because alan it says like oh no zombies hold on let me let me take that one again <laughs> oh no zombies and then faints uh and then when he wakes back up the game's like i don't know i figured we'd just eat pudding or something <laughs> apparently scooby and shaggy brought their own Uh, And then they try to do, like, oh, yeah, 
you know, it's a shame that we need someone to say we can break our promise in order so that way we can not do the thing that the promise said. It's a very extended bit. I hated it. Where they're just, yeah, it, it went on just a little too long. This That whole subplot went on too long. Um, yeah. Then we get a montage uh, for traps. Yes. Uh, well, first, Shaggy and Scooby run to grab yes. menus so they can perform the takesy backsy. Yes! Clause. I enjoyed the fact that they used menus again. And then they tear them up. <laughs> they rip the menu in half. Uh, yeah, so they montage defend, like setting up uh, barricades and building traps with just like generic guitar strumming. Also, like not even a song, not even anything, just generic. Guitar. It was very short, I will say. Yeah, and it's still that like same seventies pop style. So like, there is an aesthetic for this movie. It's just the wrong one. Mm-hmm. It feels like they wanted to do like, oh, this is the big. Uh, 50th anniversary movies we should be referring to like the classic 1979 Scooby-Doo when they're doing a sequel to a 1999 movie yeah. was that 2001? I don't I remember think, what, that era I think... this was 99 yeah. or 98 yeah because this was the second of the four that came out by that same producer company I thought it was the 98 first. It might have been the first. Um, but yeah, so they just they just set up some traps. Um, and then they work. yeah, oh, oh, there's there's a there's a pretty good like this would be a good joke in not this movie, um, or a movie that's trying to be this movie like a sequel to Zombie Island where Shaggy sees the zombies approaching. He's like, oh, they'll be here any second. <laughs> Or, or I guess uh, any minute, half hour tops. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then they they just sort of let the zombies in the front door, and then they activate a net trap. And they get captured. Mm-hmm. That net trap is so elaborate. There's a bowling ball coming out of a mailbox, rolling down a slide. Yeah. Like it is an elaborate trap. Yeah, that it, is a Rube oh, Goldberg yeah. machine. It is. It is a high level of Rube Goldberg traps that Scooby Doo doesn't really do often anymore like outside of like the original tv show and stuff what a weird choice to have it in this movie i will say uh talking about mystery incorporated again they they do some good bits with fred and building traps um uh, including some very rube goldbergian traps um <laughs> uh, but yeah so the cat mo- or yeah so they all the monster all the zombies come in uh and they're trapped and as they're like talking about oh the monster's being trapped the cat monster is in here also it just knocks over a lamp and starts a fire yep <laughs> i will How did say the cat monster get inside uh Cats. it's snuck in it's stuck in the door i guess it must have a know. cat door mm-hmm. we just saw them board up all the windows and i'm like but but was did the they... cat monster already inside but did they board up all of the windows on the second floor <laughs> That's true. We have seen this cat climb pretty extensively. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part here is that when the cat knocks over the lamp, it does so in a very yes. cat-like fashion, where it's just like looks over at other everyone else and just punches the the lamp and runs <laughs> yeah. away. Uh, 
But yeah, it, its only purpose for this is so that way the fire sets off the fire sprinklers, and which causes like the faces to get weird. Um, and now I'm not going to do an unmasking for this one because it it's three names all and in it a doesn't row. deserve it. Yeah, they just like rip the masks off. Oh, it's Jack, Linda, and Mona, and a few other extras that we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And Alan is super upset. Uh, hold on. Yeah, uh, they don't get to that part yet because the film was like, all right, Daphne, take it away with the explanation. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, which we basically covered at this point, which is, you know, vacation was staged. It's a swamp. The palm trees are fake. They're... Mona keeps saying yes and because she's an actor. And she said stage right because she's an actor. And and Jack said Thea did the, the Shakespeare flirting because he's an actor. There are cameras everywhere. The guest book pages are missing because we've been here before. It's a movie. And cut. And now this is where I get to my second of the major tangents okay. that I have, which is my second yes. research loop. Please. Which is how much did it cost to terraform this island? I don't think they did any terraforming. I really think it's just they poured some sand on where the boat comes in and put up some fake palm trees. Right, but like the cost of sand and also um like those fake palm trees, it's extensive. Mm-hmm. So the the okay. The research rabbit hole went deep. Um, I started looking at the size of the average island inside of the Louisiana Bayou. Um, there are islands as small as 50 feet by 100 feet, according to Google Maps, though it's possible that that's just the smallest you could make a landmass in Google Maps, because that's a very small mass. Um, mm-hmm. So, based on the size of the plantation, uh, we're looking at a house that's roughly 100 feet by 100 feet. Um, which is the average for a small plantation in Louisiana. Uh, side note, a monster trunk can jump 237 feet, which will come in handy <laughs> later. Um, we see a bird's eye shot of the map later. And based on the geography, if this is based on a real place, it looks like an island in Bayou Vista. Uh, these islands are approximately 2,000 square feet. But that doesn't make sense if the... Uh, plantation house is in and of itself 10,000 square feet uh so i decided to size up the island uh hold on i have to scroll down because there's more notes (laughs) i'm delighted by this so uh presuming that they didn't sand the entire thing because they didn't but they talk about the sand on the beach i'm like let's assume that they sanded approximately 10 percent of this whole island um river sand is i would argue is still a lot but go on that's fair no no no. uh river sand is a dollar 33 per square foot and beach sand is about four times that much so if they got river sand pretty cheap uh beach sand is about four times that much but let's say if this is a two square mile island uh, that's 111 million square feet um Let's say they covered 10% of it, which again is a lot, but that means 10 million square feet of sand is $13 million of river sand or approximately $50 million of beach sand. Uh, So even if it was 1%, that's still $1 million to $5 million of sand. (laughs) Hmm. That's, huh. 
Because I, I just Pumped. Googled uh, sand cost per ton, and it's like, oh, uh, price of sand is like uh, $30 per ton. I'm like, wait, what? Interesting. I wonder if we were looking at, like, if I was looking at, like, uh, uh, what is the, like, landscaping sand? Ah. Um, yeah, I think they may but, have just bought, like, the cheapest sand possible. Valid. Um... Fake palm trees uh, that come up 15 feet tall, which it has to be to be at least three times the height of the van, mm-hmm. uh, which we see earlier. Uh, they average about $475. <laughs> uh, and we see dozens of them in the same scene. I didn't bother to count how many, but they drive past at least five on each yeah. side of the road. So we're looking at about $50,000. Uh, if we assume there's hundreds of palm trees on the island, we're looking at about $50,000 of palm trees. Not counting the cosmetic work to change the hotel, because the architecture of the hotel is different than the yeah. architecture of the plantation. I feel like that's unintentional. Uh, that part, I feel like, is an animation error more than yeah, anything. Yeah, they, oh, they yeah. change art 100%. styles a lot between the two. Um, so, yeah, okay, I looked up a different thing. Georgia Landscape Supply says that you can get river sand for $60 per ton. I don't know how much nice. space that would care- cover, but I figured I'd offer that. I love that. <laughs> um, it's just so much. Mm-hmm. And later, we like in, in about thirty-five seconds, uh, we find out that um, the reason that the actors are playing zombies and we ignore the cat people is because the cat people costumes were too expensive. And I was like, y'all just spent over a million dollars to make an island when there was no reason that this couldn't have been a random place. Like, plot-wise, for you, like, tricking the mystery gang into filming a movie, there's no reason this couldn't have been any random actual Zombies don't have to be on islands. Even. (laughs) Mm, I don't think so. I think zombies have to be on islands. (laughs) I think it's a requirement. (laughs) Didn't you read the book? Also, the the reason why it was too expensive, or um, the reason why they got uh, zombie prosthetics instead, is because what was it? Plastic prosthetics are cheaper. Prosthetic makeup is yeah, cheaper. Like... Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to research this. I don't know where to start. I mean, to be fair, I guess it's probably easier to make someone look like a zombie than it is to make someone look like a cat person. Yeah, where'd they get the fur? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, alright, in my pitch for a better version of this movie, because yes. uh, we are here at the point where they have revealed it's a movie, uh, and spoiler alert, the gang is going to stick around to work on the movie for the rest of this film. Um rest of the film that we're watching and not the film that's being filmed but i guess technically that too uh so in my here's my pitch is it starts with the gang being like all right we we do need a vacation shaggy and scooby swear them to not solve a mystery and then they're like okay well what what do we want to do if we're not going to solve a mystery where can we go and instead of the elvira thing Velma gets an email because of her blog. Um, and it's from Alan Smithy saying, I want to make a movie version of a movie based on this. Would y'all come in to 
be actors or whatever. And then they just we cut to them on the island and it there's no faking it. It's like, all right, we are on location of the place. We are going to film a movie here. And then shortly after the movie filming starts, cat monsters and zombies start actually attacking or whatever. I don't know. I will say that is a much better setup of a premise. Like that. Agreed. 100%. As it is. It's a lot less goofy. Yeah. As it is, it's two to three different movies just slapped together. With no cohesion. Right. Like, we have the we have the plot of the gang is trying to solve a mystery while not tra- trying to solve a mystery. Like, there is that. We have the, like, the gang filming a movie and then the end. We have all the stuff before they start filming a movie, too. It's, like, the, like, not quite... Because, like, like, there's still... The mystery there is clear, like, that it's obvious that there's something fake going mm-hmm. on. But not quite. It's just, like, it doesn't blend well. Even if they had that much, I think you could do something with that many plot points and just blend it mm-hmm. better. So... I wrote a note where I was like, I wanted to call them out for not recognizing Alice as like a famous director. But then I was like, you know what? If Ryan Johnson walked up to me in the streets, I would not know who he was either. So you know what? That's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, so Alan Smithy drops his accent and is like, all right, I wanted to make a found footage horror franchise because those are all the rage. Uh, and we found the blog and Shaggy's like, wait, what blog? <laughs> um and so we cut to see Alan flipping through the pages and there's a page on the reluctant yep. werewolf. And this right here is some bull. Oh, it's on me. Get it off. Get it off. Get it off. Get off. Of all of the movies to choose of everything in the Scooby-Doo universe. Reluctant werewolf. Really? One that one. Literally, no one else in the scoop in Mystery Incorporated was there for. It's not a situation like with Thirteen Ghosts, where even Daphne was there for it. It was just Shaggy, Scooby, and Scrappy, who I guess doesn't exist. Um, I I think a better option here would just be to like reference the other Mook animation films, Mm -hmm. and. Like have them not even say the words "reluctant werewolf" and just show. All right, here's a picture of aliens. Next is a picture of witch's ghost. Next is a picture of, I guess, a Cyberman. I guess the Cyberman one doesn't have any fake, or not fake, but like weird stuff going on. And all of that was very scientific. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, anyways, so yeah, it's like, oh yeah, and Zombie Island was on there, and Daphne was like, but that mystery was solved. And film was like, I didn't like it, so I put it in the unsolved. <laughs> uh, and it's like, oh, there's no Which, cat people here, because it's expensive. Honestly, as a type A person, I'm with her there. Like, sometimes there's an answer, but it doesn't feel like the right answer. <laughs> mm. Uh... This is where I've got a pretty major question. And Scooby-Doo has a lot of holes like this as a whole. But the zombies are actors. 
Shaggy pulled one of their hands off. How did they do that? Did they know he was going to be reaching for the hand? Were all four hands fake? Like, what What was the, the play there? I I feel like it was a glove. You know what? It was like a rigid I glove. think you're right, because it had no bones. Yeah, it was hollow yep. on the inside. It was a glove. Okay, I don't remember, didn't remember it being hollow on the inside, but I wasn't watching that closely. That's cool. Um... But yeah, so uh, they didn't have anything to do with the tree or tires. That's weird. That, that, it just happened. I didn't do anything until the zombies showed up. Uh, but you ruined the grand finale by being meddling kids with your amazing ability to solve mysteries. <sighs> uh, and then Alan also has someone's pendant because he just found it. And he's like, oh, I thought it was going to be a, a sign of it going good. Wah. And he gives them a sob story about not finishing the movie. So the gang is like, all right, yeah, we'll finish the movie. So they're going to make a movie. Mm -hmm. The movie is Zombie Teenagers in the Island of Doom. Scooby Goes Hollywood Part 2. My question is, are they getting paid for these roles? Oh, no. Do they get union status for this? Like... And what are the union roles? Because we see actors also being crew. I'm like, this would never fly with SAG-AFTRA. Yeah, and like, also, at no, even at the end, okay. So at the end, spoiler alert, there's treasure. Sorry, treasure. Uh, and uh, n- at no point does anyone in the street, like, they're just like, yeah, all right, you can just take all of it, I guess. It's Honestly... Chill. I don't know why this popped in my head. It's a very Daffy Duck moment. Where this greedy character gathers all the treasure, stuffs it in his shirt, and then just walks off. Yeah, it's almost like he should be doing the the Daffy Duck thing where he's like, as he's walking, he's like, keeps jumping and going, yeah, it it gave me that feeling. I was like, all right, Daffy Duck. Uh, but yeah, so there's they're doing a scene about opening Morgan Moonstar's treasure to send the evil zombie spirits back to whence they came. Um, and this is at this point, the uh, Velma sort of splits off and wants to go check out all solve the mystery. Uh, and when Fred's like, "Hey, Daphne, don't you think Velma's going a little bit crazy about this?" She's like, "Well, mysteries are like gluten." <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so the mystery machine comes tearing through the woods. It's got monster truck tires and a lift kit now. And Fred's immediate thought is like, oh, maybe she got stronger and broke out to come find me. I hated this subplot. Uh, but actually, no, it's just a custom built vehicle for the movie made for Seaver. Fred's stunt double to drive during the climax. <laughs> and Seaver is like Fred, but with cheekbones. Yeah, and taller. Oh, slightly taller, yeah. And we see this giant ramp. And I'm like, how did y'all miss the giant ramp when you were walking up it to wasn't this there. Like, It just plantation. got built. The, the other side is painted to look like the sky. <laughs> Uh, uh, okay, um, where am I? Oh yeah, so they're gonna jump it over the hotel. Fred heads off with Seaver as we menacingly head to the next scene. Like, they they have Alan make, like, an evil face, and then 
That doesn't mean anything. What ever. it is, the reason why he makes an evil face is because he started crying, and cries, uh, crying always gets to people. He was fooling them into making the movie. That's why he chuckles evilly. Nothing to do with anything that happens later on in the movie, because he's just a it's person. It's so weird. Um, but yeah, so they're in... Oh, sorry. No. Okay, there's a scene where they're trying to get Scooby to say he's scared, and he just keeps I'm saying, hungry. I'm hungry. It's really good. It's really interesting, too. The oh. net. It's no, really interesting, too, because... It's a scene where they're doing like an interview-ish? Or maybe they're just... Okay, no, never, never mind. It read like an interview-ish kind of thing. But it's night vision camera and Scooby's eyes are bright green. It's mm -hmm. weird. Because he's a dog. Yeah. He's a dog. They reflect. It's like when you see a cat in the dark. For me, the next, like, four bits in a row are all just, like, so much set up for so little punchline. Uh-huh. Yeah, they, they really could have cut down that I'm hungry scene quite a bit. Um, so, next scene is Fred saying he doesn't want a stunt man. He wants to jump out a window on his own. Uh, and despite being told constantly, like, no, you can't, you're not allowed. And then he just goes to do it and then instead of doing it he hits the wall next to it somehow and they're filming this scene with a gopro which doesn't make sense for literally any reason yeah why like, would you want a face shot of someone jumping through a window especially if it's supposed to be a found footage movie and anyways uh there's another scene where the gang has to look scared about zombies but then during this scene the cat monster cuts the chandelier and it almost crushes Alan, but Scooby pushes him out of the way. And Velma finds a cat hair on the chandelier and is like, oh, it's time to solve the unsolved mystery. <laughs> the and she does an action scene. This is the moment. Thing. This is the moment where she has this action, action, action scene suit up. And it's very intense music. It's really, uh, really action-y. But then there's a moment where the music cuts out and she's just squeak cleaning her glasses. Squeak, 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 squeak. And then the music resumes. It was hilarious. Mm -hmm. uh, and she's like, all right. Vel Daphne comes up and is like, hey, come on. What are you going to do? She's like, I'm desperate to find an explanation. Or my name isn't Velma Garbo. <laughs> Before that, there's a line where Velma's like, keep up, Blake. And it's, I think, my favorite Velma moment of this entire movie. <laughs> I, I I do, like, as much as I don't like Velma being all in on trying to find a scientific, like, not even, like, quote, a scientific explanation, but, like, a basic scientific explanation for everything. Like, I do like her being, like, kind of action-y yeah. about it. I wish we had gotten, like, a solid, like, five minutes of Velma action-y, or honestly, like, even, like, the rest of the movie, but this bit goes on for about a minute and a half, and then goes away so very quickly. she goes out into the night, with the night, or the dusk, with the night. Oh, hold on, I need to explain the Velma Garbo okay. joke. Uh, it's because she changed her name because she's a movie oh, star. Oh, yeah. 
Anyways, yeah. continue. Uh, so she goes out into the night with the night vision goggles into the forest. And then immediately runs away because the cats are attacking. Yes, she gets chased by a, a million yeah. cats. Um, and then there's a fight scene with cats against cats with cats. They, you get to see all of your favorite Scooby Doo characters punch okay. cats. Okay, it is actually genuinely upsetting because there are like thump noises when they get hit. It's like, what is happening here? It's so weird. Um, but yeah, and then eventually also cat people come from the woods and chase the gang, Alan and Seaver, who are all heading towards the ferry, which Alan gets a head start on. He's like, oh, I'll go there. I'll meet you there. And when we get there, the ferry is burning down and Alan's just like, we we have to finish the movie. Oh, God. I keep clipping my audio. It's great. It was really good. Um, Let's see here. Fred uh, jumps. Yes, he sees that the mystery machine is on the boat that's being burning and sinking. So he dives onto it to save it and does a sick monster truck jump over the dock in, in front of the cat people scaring them. Everybody's jumping into the mystery machine and then the cat people grab onto Alan so they can grab the pendant. But then Fred floors it. Chase, chasing. Uh, sh- Mm-hmm. Uh, it should be clear that at this point we've seen at least four cat people. Yes. Uh, they crush the other van, um, but they can't get to the mansion yet because the bridge that they were going to take to get over there is out. Uh, and Seaver says, yo, Freddy, jump that big <laughs> ramp. Uh, and then he does. He jumps the big ramp and he clears the mansion entirely. And Daphne's like, woo, that ruled, I guess. Why didn't Seaver just offer to drive? Did they really trust an amateur well, driver to jump a 100-foot mansion? He didn't... It would take so long to swap Yeah, he seats. didn't go get the mystery machine. So he wasn't driving anyway. And they were already being chased. No time. I guess. I guess, yeah. There's... That's, that's the only reason we have. Uh, so... Sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, uh, okay. uh, I'm about to get into the next chase scene, so go ahead. I don't want to spoil the amazing twist that's coming up, but given what we later know about the cat people, uh, how were they able to keep pace with a speeding monster truck? That's a good point. Don't while running it. on all fours. That's a very good point. Like... Moving your joints like that cannot be easy. I know I watched Cats 2019. um, (laughs) And uh, I'm not sure how that's happening. Don't worry about it. It's it's totally normal for people to do this. And by people, I mean cat people. Okay, um, but yeah, so now we get into the chase scene that we were talking about earlier with the weird music, and I, I hate it. it. This is the first time I wrote it. I hate it in my notes. Yeah. And then the chase scene pretty much ends with Shaggy and Scooby serving the cat people fish, and then pulling a rug out from under them, and wrapping them up in it, and kicking them out the door, I guess. And you would think that that would have been like, oh, okay, we solved the chase, we can go and mask them now, because they're wrapped up in a rug. Nope. Um, but actually, the fourth cat person is there. It's like a big, tall, dark cat. 
and it, it goes to chase them, but then Fred opens a door directly into its face to get Shaggy and Scooby to follow him. And then Shaggy and Scooby meets up with the rest of the gang, and they all head down to the Life Force Tunnel. Which is that cave from earlier. Oh, by the way, um, apparently there's a Harvest Moon that night. That just, you know, gets casually mentioned. Yeah, that it's, it gets casually mentioned, and I, I don't like it. Uh, anyways. I thought we were going to get like a fake out where later it was going to be revealed where Velma's like, it's not even the Harvest Moon tonight. Yeah, it's it's so strange. Uh, but Velma does mention again, it's like, oh, I'm still so unhappy about that ending. And this cave is full of holes for some reason. They must have been digging for Moonscar's treasure. Wait a minute, you have that pendant. It looks like the head on the, the spooky dial from the first movie. You remember it, right? Of course you do. The dial that, yeah, that the moon shined down on through that weird grate. Uh, and Velma's like, or Shaggy's like, oh no, it's almost midnight. We're going to turn into a bunch of zombies. Which, again, what? that part only happens if you get your soul taken yeah, by a cat what? person. And the cat people aren't even here and they don't have the, the pendant and they haven't done the There's ritual. a curse? There's a lot. Apparently. That'll turn them into zombies. The, the curse was the cat people doing the thing. There's uh, like a legend of a curse or something like that where, I don't know, zombies! Anyway, zombies, I guess. Uh, but then Velma's like, I agree with you, Shaggy. We might just turn into zombies. Uh, and then the cat people enter the cave and they find the pendant on the ground. With a bunch of clothing scraps that are all sorts of familiar colors. Um, and then they place the pendant on the dial. And then the moon hits the pendant and emits a laser that points to a spot on the ground that they dig up. And then they find some treasure. Uh, but then, oh, it's a bunch of zombies. But not just any zombies. It's the gang. And they're zombies. And they surround them or they just push the cat people into a hole. <laughs> <laughs> and the cat people are like, I didn't know the curse was real. And because they're in a hole, I guess that means they can't escape. <laughs> and like, there's a couple questions that I have in this scene, mostly why. But uh, follow up to that is, how do they know where to bury that treasure where like the light from the pendant would actually reflect there? Don't worry about it. It's... Follow up. How do they have time to dig a hole and cover it up? And then also put, put on in zombie makeup. Don't worry about it. Uh, it's It starts to fall apart really easily is the thing. So are we going to do an unmasking? Do we bother? No, because these characters don't have names. These characters literally don't have names. They are the captain, the fairy captain and the greeters. God. That is their names. God. Uh, but the treasure was fake. And it was it was the the golden wrapped Scooby snacks from before. Remember mm -hmm. them? Mm hmm. I bet you thought they ate all of them, but I guess not. And also, it's they it's that, and it's not the fake treasure chest that they were using to film that scene, which is what I thought it was. <sighs> I think it's the treasure chest, but I think that treasure treasure chest was probably empty. No, because it's open when they start filming that scene. Oh. Oh, does it? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Then I was wrong. <laughs> and it's... 
Why? <laughs> so we get the reveal of, okay, it's those three people. And they're like, well, how do they control the cats? They had cat whistles. You know, like a dog whistle, but for cats. That's a thing. Where, but that was never mentioned before. We never had any like, oh, Scooby's on edge because he's hearing a high-pitched sound. Like, there was nothing of that nature. <sighs> oh, and on top of that, where was the fourth cat? Because there was a fourth cat person. What fourth cat person? And they're like, there was no fourth cat person. It was just us. And then Alan's like, quick, Scooby, put the camera on me. Maybe this time the monsters were real. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> This is where my notes get caps locky. Oh, I don't have any notes after because this. canonically we've established that the cat people only turn to cat people in the moonlight, like they're were cats essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And uh, uh, this cat person was a cat person in broad daylight. Yep. Which means yeah, like they've ignored Canon for. I guess for me this was too many times because I just have angry notes about the breaking of Canon here. I hadn't even, like, considered that part. But, it, yeah, that's definitely also super aggravating. And, like, not only does that, but that cat person, like, this cat person that is, like, the fourth one, looks so different from any of the other yeah. cat people. Like, all of the other cat people we'd seen were, like, the sort of weird, like, dingy brown, very, like, mangy fur. Like, what you imagine, like, what a brown werewolf would look like, essentially. But, like, this is, like, a, a svelte buff panther man still a mystery though it is definitely a mystery Um, and then the cops arrive the cops show up and the cats come in and dig up a real treasure and alan's like i'm taking all of the treasure and leaving what's up the three like fake cat people get arrested but they didn't actually do anything that was illegal Like, they were scary. And I guess technically this was probably private property that they were digging on. Disturbing the peace? Alan? Reckless endangerment? But also, so would Alan, is the thing with the reckless endangerment, I guess. Right. Alan burned a fairy down. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And anyways, uh, the zombies were swamp gas. I like that y'all mentioned that at the end of the first episode for Zombie Island. <laughs> you were like, at least they never used that as an excuse. But they did. Oh god, did we really say that? <laughs> you oh did. God. Cassidy, you fully were like, you know, I like that this was a, a bio movie where Swamp Gas is not used as an excuse. <laughs> oh no, you broke her. <laughs> oh, that's painful. Uh, also, Velma's was like, oh, the cat people. They must have been the same cat people as before. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Even though those cat people definitely disintegrated to bones and dust. Is that the uh, end of the movie? Aside from the outtake thing? Uh, no, because then she's like, oh, well, crime solving is our destiny. Oh, yeah. The sheriff and shows they up. Up, they all put their hands in a pile and they go back and they all go, woohoo. And the sheriff shows up and is like, yo. For some reason, what is the sheriff doing what, here? What is he a sheriff of? Uh, town. Yeah, why is he here? 
Do they live here? Because he heard about he heard about the kids and the dog solving a mystery. Like, is Coolsville near Louisiana, or did he have to make a dog trip? No, Coolsville's in California. So he drove across, unless, flew unless, across the country. Unless it's the prequel movies in which it's in like, what was it, Ohio? I don't remember. Uh, there's like some Midwestern state in the prequels. A- a- anyways, in uh, the sheriff's like, I'm disappointed. And the gang's like, but, but we gotta, we're gonna give you a sob performance and the tears will work every time. Uh, and he's like, all right, fine, just to be careful. And we're like, no, ish. they've been doing this for 50 years. <laughs> yeah, this is the anniversary. Uh, and then we get the credits. And Elvira's there and it's like, ah, it's a B-movie. Look at these clips and bloopers. I have an <laughs> opinion. On where this should go on our ranking. Hold on. I gotta finish the rest of these notes that I copied Absolutely. from the wiki. Um, let's see here. Flashbacks are shown of the gang's previous time on the island, but Velma regularly rants about not believing everything she saw and attributes the experience to hallucinations brought on by swamp gas. Moreover, this would mean that what they faced previously resulted in an unresolved, unsolved mystery. While she acted similarly in Curse of the Thirteenth Ghost, Velma's defiant ignorance is somewhat justified in that context, as that she did as she did not witness the events that led to the hunt for the Thirteenth Ghost. In this case, however, Velma was originally a witness to the events of the movie, and this and re- this movie relies on flashbacks of Scooby Doo on Zombie Island. This makes her appear overly irrational just for the sake of not wanting to face the facts of what really happened, which could be used, which could have been used as character development and acceptance. Nope. My favorite part about the Scooby-Doo wiki is that sometimes they just have their, they just want to, they want to give their opinions and it's, it's funny <laughs> sometimes. Uh, anyways, that's yeah. the movie. That's it. T, I'm, I'm sorry. So sorry. No, it's okay. I loved being on the podcast. I'm so glad that I'm here. Uh, and I loved that I got a rant about this movie because... <laughs> wow. <laughs> Why? Like, wow. Uh, anyway, so I'm breaking tradition. Normally we just start from the middle and just do a bunch of middles. Um, but I feel like there's two movies that I really need to compare this to. So let's start with how does this movie compare to Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island? <laughs> worse. 100% worse. It's worse, it's worse. It's yeah. So much worse. For sure. Uh, how does this movie compare to Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf? <laughs> mm. Worse. Okay. So here's mm-hmm. the thing. I had n- I discussed this with uh, Lava, our friend Marcus, um, in that I-, I don't know. I don't know if I agree because I absolutely despise Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf. What about Monster of Mexico? Oh, it's definitely not worse than oh, okay. Monster of Mexico. Because it, it's it's not, like, racist. That's a good point. The thing. And there are, to give it some credit, there are some nice moments in this. But, okay, let me see if I can defend this movie yeah. for a second against Reluctant yeah. Werewolf. <laughs> um, like, 
Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf isn't even attempting to be a Scooby-Doo movie. It is bad, wacky racers. Yeah. <laughs> like, at the very least, you could pretend that this is, like, a parody of Scooby-Doo. Because that's a lot of what it tries to do in some cases. Or, like, just a bad Scooby-Doo movie. Like, you kn- it's it, it may be a bad one, but it's also, like, still the mm-hmm. thing. Which is not the case with something like Reluctant Werewolf or Scooby-Doo meets the Doom You know Brothers. what? I'm glad you brought this up. I had opinions on this movie. I thought, oh my god, it is the worst movie. Mostly because I was just so angry watching it. Um, Reluctant Werewolf... I, I could sit through this movie a second time if I needed to. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I watched you it know twice. What? I agree with you. I I can't watch Reluctant Werewolf. I can't again. watch Boo Brothers again. <laughs> I, almost... I was gonna say I think it's worse than Reluctant Werewolf, but I think it's better than Boo <laughs> Brothers. So I might even put it above Boo Brothers. I will put yeah. it above Boo Boo Brothers. I think Boo Brothers is worse. I think it's worse than Scooby Goes Hollywood because at least Scooby Goes Hollywood had Ruby Doo guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. All right, so your new almost at the bottom movie is Return to Zombie Island. God, what a terrible Cause... movie, though. Oh. I think what I you know what I know what makes it really bitter. It could have been good. It could have been good. They had a good premise. Well, they had a good premise in the sense of. The first movie was good. Yeah. Like, I, I really think they if, they, if they had wanna, like, tried to capture the... I know it would have probably resulted in them doing another, this time the monsters mm-hmm. are real. And I have mixed feelings on that, because there's been a lot of really good ones yeah. of those. But also, like... The fact that... You could have... The fact that the opening sequence was the way it was infuriates me because the movie is terrible but the opening sequence is phenomenal it's spooky it's creepy it could have been a really good opening for a really kind of creepy-ish movie but no yeah i think that's really the problem this movie has it's like it's that's it's it's such a different tone because like if we look at the sort of jokier movies stuff like camp scare and goblin king those are at the top of our list this but it's because those are what they were trying to be and like they didn't have any other vibes going on this movie did not know what it wanted one is building on top of like a spooky movie and also has the spooky intro but then immediately sort of tears it down every step of the way yeah, if this wasn't a sequel to Zombie Island, like, if this was a standalone movie, which it couldn't have worked as, but I think I probably would rank it higher on the list, even though it does feel like three separate films. I think this would be okay and manageable, but, like you said, it wants to be a sequel to arguably the darkest Scooby-Doo One movie. Mm-hmm. I would say that and Witch's Ghost are, like, for me, the two dark, at least of the di- mm-hmm. that I have seen. Mm-hmm. And it tonally sets you up to think it's going to be that based on that intro like you said lava but immediately squashes it and 
I don't know. It had a lot of potential. And like I'm trying to think of it, is is there a Scooby Doo movie that they could have done this with and it worked? And I don't think there is because like you would need it to be a movie where the monsters were mm-hmm. real. Um, and the thing about the movies where monsters are real is that they're usually a bit darker in tone. Yeah, I think unless it's Goblin King, which is like a whole different story, right? Or Ghoul School. Or Ghoul School. I feel like you could do a. One of these to Scooby-Doo 2002. I know there's already a direct sequel to that in Scooby-Doo Monsters Unleashed. But, like, if you had gotten a different cast to pretend that Monsters Unleashed didn't exist and, like, do that same kind of retconny thing, it could have been really funny to do that. And that balanced the fun, like, sort of dark, but also campy, but also parody, but also this, that I think this movie wanted to be. Yeah. Cassidy, mm-hmm. I agree with you, what you said earlier about a different pitch to the, this movie, where it could stand alone, is if it was just the movie subplot as a, as the movie. Uh, see, I could I also think like you could pitch this into a way that makes it, like you could still make it as a sequel to Zombie mm-hmm. Island. You just have to go with the tone of Zombie yeah. Island. This is like, if you... I mean, I guess... Uh, hmm. I'm trying to think of like a good example of a, a scary movie that you would just make a, a weird comedy sequel to. You know what? To bring it back to zombies, it would be like Shaun of the Dead being a sequel direct sequel to Dawn to, of the Dead. To like, That's exactly yeah. it. As opposed to it being a parody, which it is, this is like, what is this movie trying to be? Does it want to be a sequel to a dark movie? Or does it want to be its own comedy? Yeah. It's frustrating. <sighs> and it could right. have been good. I, I think we can... I think we need to stop yes, talking Yes, I've this. already wasted about three hours of my life on this movie, and I don't want to waste any more. <sighs> Alright, uh, T, would you like to plug your stuff? Yeah, uh, so, socials. You can find me at Playwright on Twitter, uh, at tphuth94 on Instagram, and that's probably it. Um, I am on Moon Harbor Heroes, which is a Masks a New Generation actual play podcast that releases two episodes on our main feed a week and one episode on our side feed a week. Uh, Moon Harbor Extended is the side feed. Uh, you can find that at Moon Harbor Heroes on Twitter. I'm also on a bunch of other podcasts. Uh, you can check me out at Dungeons and Drama Nerds, uh, which I'm currently playing in their Apocalypse World campaign, which I think will still be coming out when this episode drops. And yeah, that's that's me. All right. Would you like to plug something that you're not involved with? Yeah, I've been thinking about that. I, It's kind of a pretty common show, so it doesn't necessarily need my plug. But uh, for this type of recap stuff, Buffering the Vampire Slayer <laughs> is my favorite that recap podcast. That is a podcast. delightful name. It is. It's a great name. It is two queer women who, uh, they were married and are now divorced. Um, they get divorced part of the way through, so that's a spoiler, but also, like, it's important to know. Um, and they watch every episode of Buffy and talk about it. And they're doing some really amazing anti-racist work right now. They've just brought on two black women to join their team to make sure that they talk about, like, 
the lack of diversity in Buffy and also like the way that, uh, you know, black people are kind of tokenized and treated badly in the Buffyverse. Mm-hmm. So it's really, really interesting work. And I listen literally every week. Season six starts, I think, this coming week. So a few weeks before this podcast nice. drops. Mm. Yeah, I, I think I saw it come up on Twitter at some point. I Maybe I'll check that out. I, I The thing is, I want to watch Buffy at some point, And I was in the process of it. And then they took it off Netflix. And I just like have not attempted mm. since. I was doing an Angel rewatch in tandem with their Angel podcast, because Angel mm-hmm. is the Buffy spinoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was really delightful doing, like, watch an episode, listen to an episode <laughs> kind of deal. So, I do recommend it. Alright. Um, okay, with that, let's, I'm gonna plug the show. Uh, oh, shoot, I should probably open the Patreon so we can thank people. Um, but yeah, you can find the show on Twitter, at Kids and Their Dog. Um, we have a patreon but don't worry about that right now honestly uh but because we do have it i'm going to go ahead and thank our patrons that we do have so shout outs to charlie thank you charlie thanks charlie james thank you james thank you james tess thank you tess thanks tess and tanner thank you tanner thank you tanner all right um that's pretty much all you need to know about the show uh lava how about you uh you can find me on twitter at lava bees l-a-v-a-b-e-e-s all right and you can find me on twitter at mad lobotanist that's m-a-d-l-o-b-o-t-a-n-i-s-t i do other podcasts such as precure podcast engage a show about the entire pretty cure franchise and also ben 10 which you can find over at prepod engage on twitter i also do rngg which is a randomly generated game design podcast which is over at RNGGCast on Twitter. Uh, I guested on Apex City, which is a Masks actual play at Apex City Cast. I was part of the Silver Age parts of the Hindsight 2020 campaign, so maybe go check those out. And also just check out the rest of that podcast. It's generally pretty good. Uh, I've also guested on, let's see here, Loser Like Me, which is the Glee podcast at Loser Like Me Pod on Twitter. That episode is out. It'll have come out a month ago by the time this comes out. It's... I... Like I've said, I didn't watch Glee. I watched this one episode. It's a lot. (laughs) Alright. Also, I was on Christina's podcast, which is Home for Wayward OCs at Wayward OC Pod, I think, on Twitter. I went on there and I talked about an OC that I made that helped me realize I was trans. So go check that out. I think that's all of the things I need to plug. Sweet. I'm going to second that plug for Apex City. We did a crossover with them with Moon Harbor, and it was <laughs> delightful. And also, they're one of my favorite masks, APs. All right. Uh, and with that, we will be back next month with no guest. I think we're going to take a one month, at least one month break. I need to reach out to people and see when they want to show up, because I have like three people that have movies picked out. They just don't know when. So we'll see about that in the future. But for now, it is planned to do Big Top Scooby-Doo next month. But until then, they would have gotten away with it too. If it weren't for us meddling kids. And their terrible sequels. (laughs) Happy Happy Halloween. Halloween! I was working in the lab late one night when 
my eyes beheld an eerie sight For my monster from his slab began to rise And suddenly, to my surprise He did the mash He did the monster mash The monster mash It was a graveyard smash He did the mash It caught on in a flash He did the mash He did the monster mash From my laboratory in the castle 